Welcome back to Podcast in the Car. Uh, headed back from a long day at the office, but uh, we're going to talk about a couple of timely things I think are really important subjects for us to be aware of. And uh, I'm going to pass them along with the complete understanding amongst all of us that this affects providers, it affects patients, uh, it affects families, and <clears throat> well, what? And that's availability of certain medications. The latest really important drug that's on the firing line is gabapentin. It's a drug that uh, we have used for years. Uh, 1994, it was a letter to the editor. We really didn't have good drugs back then. We had the Tegretols, the Dilantins that you had a monitor. They had a lot of side effects. They were, they were real, real tough drugs to use. But we had very few drugs for neuropathic pain and nerve type pain and uh, sharp electric pain, that A delta type pain, as opposed to this uh, C fiber nociceptive pain, that's the dull aching bone break, bone hurt pain. But this is the electric pain, the nerve pain, and that's so hard to treat. We don't want to keep going up on opioids because it's an opioid resistant problem. And back in 1994, it wasn't as liberal back then, and uh, these controlled substances were just trying to find their way, and they found their way all right, but uh, we didn't have a lot of choices. Here comes gabapentin. Hello, it's Christmas. You know, Santa's arrived, and we've got a drug with very few side effects, a lot of good uh, clinical promise, uh, no good studies. This is an anti-epileptic drug. And that's exactly what Dilantin and Tegretol were. They work in the central nervous system, some peripherally, but the point being is this. We've got a drug that has few drug-drug interactions and can really help our patients. I like it, so let's give it a try. We did, and we loved it. And it's been a real mainstay for years Hundreds of millions of doses. Uh, that includes uh, the Lyrica-type drugs or pregabalin, the uh, branded name Graylease, Horizon. Those are different formulations with dif different distributions and eliminations that <clears throat> have taken the drug even further. Because one of the problems with gabapentin is absorption and uh, getting enough of the drug in so oh my gosh did we push the doses now i personally didn't because i think the side effects did not reach the risk reward benefit that we really needed at very high doses the big doses and the 3,000 milligrams as three gram doses well it was uh, <clears throat> walking zombies i tried to keep you about 300 milligrams uh, three times a day but the thing about gabapentin is it enhanced stage four sleep good good because a lot of people in pain sit up there in alpha 2 intrusion and i hope i didn't butcher that too bad but uh that would be i don't get the refreshing sleep that i need in stage four but gabapentin took people there it so it helped with sleep it helped opioids uh, work a little better so you could reduce the opioid load Mm, boy, nice progress uh, made with these adjunctive medications. It was developed years ago in Germany. It came to us, um, and it was served up on a platter for hungry pain management folks or even primary care. We all just jumped on it because it looked like a really good drug. Well, fast forward. 
Here we are in uh, 2020, and the FDA last month uh, put out a warning about gabapentin. Now, we're hundreds of millions of doses, probably, probably even more. I, I, you know, we're in the billions. And uh, it, it, here we are, 25 years later, and we're staring down the barrel of uh, gabapentin now not so pretty. Um, they, they're equating gabapentin and sometimes with adjuncts or other medications that are sister drugs like opioids as causing breathing problems, and especially in those with comorbid diseases, COPD, <clears throat> and if they're taking CNS depressants, uh, you know, like the benzodiazepines and other medications, the barbiturates, it can be a problem. So, they have 49 cases, probably more. It's probably underreported. And they see some problems. People having decreased respiratory effort, drive. They're having shortness of breath and the like. So those cases were between 2012 and 2017. That's a lot of years for 49 cases. But here we are. It's the FDA. It's Americans, um, I guess, uh, watchdog for drugs. So we are now being um, tasked to be careful with this drug, and the drug companies are being tasked with taking a generic drug, in most cases, and developing studies. And where's that money coming from? Or what's it going to do to access a care and limit the availability? Well, we do have other choices now. We have <clears throat> Kepra. We have uh, a couple other meds, uh, and Topamax being one that runs in the brain. And, you know, we have other choices, but those drugs aren't as clean. And um, we're just going to have to kind of watch this. I'll keep you in the loop. But uh, I think if you have problems with uh, shortness of breath or problems with respiratory issues, heavy smokers, COPD, emphysema, you have trouble laying down and congestive heart failure has been your problem, you just uh, have more trouble than the average bear walking across the parking lot, you need to let your doc know. Just let him know it can reduce the dose. And I think that's the key here is proper dosing. A lot of elderly people, especially with you know recent illnesses or something like that, I, I don't have them on much. I'll have them on 100 to 300 milligram at bedtime. It helps them rest a little. They wake up and their legs aren't aching. I use it a lot for restless leg. I use it for other things, headaches and the like. Uh, it reduces my opioid load for sure. So, this is a tale that we're going to follow. So, the other drug that's sunsetting on us is uh, Embedda, which is a branded form of morphine that has naltrexone in it. Now, Trexone is a real slick drug that uh, protects us from opioid overdose and, in this case, from opioid abuse and misuse. And that meaning is how the drug was developed. It's an expensive drug to develop, I'm sure, and it's expensive to manufacture, distribute, promote, and the like. And this climate of uh, the opioid crisis being what it is, um, 
Yeah, I think the company just didn't want the liability and to fight it. Although it is one of the best formulations of morphine out there. There's others. It's not going away. And I don't want people to... And this is why I'm talking about this. I don't want people to think that they're just not going to have drugs in the future. That Everything's going to get taken away. And you won't have choices. And I won't have my pain control. Uh, I had two people today just oh gosh they're all up in arms that i either made adjustments in their dosing or i compensated for some illnesses they had and reduced the dose of opioids which we should and uh oh yeah it was like i i i did the worst possible thing no it takes a little bit of communication and explaining to people you're doing the right thing for the right reason. I've heard of some other sunsetting drugs, but no rumors uh, on this podcast. I'll let you know when I know more. Which brings us uh, to the next interesting topic. Um, I was having lunch with um, folks that I adore in Salisbury, North Carolina, and Carolyn and I were talking about this as we were... uh, driving into work and it comes up this definitely comes up where we have somebody come to us that's had surgery the specific surgery is the uh, gastric uh, surgery for obesity now I'm going to tell you right off that I I am not an expert in these GI surgeries but I got to know them And the reason I've got to know them is because these patients come in and they say, I can't take that drug because I've had gastric surgery and I can't absorb it. Well, there's different kinds. There's a RU-NY, that's probably the most common one, where uh, the gastric pouch is eliminated a little and uh, some of the intestinal contribution is eliminated a little and the stomach's connected to the intestine. It's a interesting. It's an interesting operation. It's it's major surgery. And if you've had a ruin, why? Um, the question is, can you absorb? The other one is banding and and putting in a gastric sleeve. Um, well, that's a form of a gastrectomy, I suppose. Again, restricted reduces volume. Uh, but it can reduce nutritional intake. So begs the question, what does it do to our uh, molecules that we get for pain control? And does it change how we should prescribe? Question mark. If you have one of these procedures, should you be on immediate release or extended release? Because quite honestly, um, we do have a little bit of pressure, not... Not a lot, but enough uh, to maintain vigilance that CDC recommends extended release drugs. And these immediate release drugs, uh, in some hands, are high-risk drugs, and we'd rather go a different direction to abuse deterrent and long-acting drugs, which, as I'll explain, pharmacokinetically are much smoother and they're better. They absolutely, in my opinion, can get people over the peaks and valleys of waking up in the morning, drugs worn off, or getting awoken at night, 
and getting poor restorative sleep capacity and in the middle of the day saying, oh my gosh, I need something and my drug is worn off and wait an hour before they get relief. Okay, so what I lack in gastroenterology and knowledge base, I hope I can make it up in pharmacology, which I feel much more comfortable with. Okay, there's two things we need to know, and I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but I, I think it's important just to know some some words that I um, throw out every once in a while and just kind of know what they mean. Because it's, it's really important with how drugs work and what they do, particularly in people that have had these surgeries. So let's talk about pharmacokinetics. Um, pharmacokinetics is the drug at the site of action. And it, it causes an effect. That's what a drug does. So pharmacokinetics is what we do to the drug. Okay, we take it, we absorb it, and it it has action. Pharmacodynamics is influenced by absorption a lot. It has a lot to do with elimination and excretion and distribution of the drug, where it all goes, metabolism. It's both biochemical and it has a physiologic component. So that's what the drug does to us kinetics what we do to the drug okay dynamics what the drug does to us okay so that the key is this um when we start losing weight we decrease our volume of distribution in other words we aren't what we were we have less places for the drug to go the other thing we have to think about is something called lipophilicity the um, attraction a drug has to lipids. Well, in larger people that have a lipid, larger lipid store, a greater volume of distribution, um, you, you can imagine that surgery will change this. So that changes two things. Dynamics and kinetics. All right. That's what uh, uh, bypass does. So the absorption of the drug and the metabolic activity of the drug is directly affected by this surgery. All right. Two more things, and I'll get off this stuff before I put everybody to sleep. There's Cmax and Tmax. It's a curve. I, I'm not going to necessarily tell you what these are, but when we looked at these drugs, um, and someday... I'll dedicate an entire podcast to this uh, topic because, you know, you got to know the drugs you're taking and what they're doing to you. Um, it's a curve. The maximum it does at one point, how fast it gets into you, and how high it goes, and what it uh, means as far as side effects go. So what we have here is uh, an altered expression of the drug after we change things in the gut and how it's absorbed. So 
when it gets absorbed, it's got to have something happen to it. And that happens in the uh, metabolic process as the drug gets broken down. And like in the case of hydrocodone, it gets broken down to an active metabolite. That's how the drug works. It's broken down to hydromorphone, and that's the activity of hydrocodone. Um, We can also see that in methadone, broken down to morphine. So the metabolic pathways are broken down into family, subfamily, and form. Okay? That's called CYPP450, and that's in the liver. And there's uh, other forms of that that break it down and uh, uh, develop uh, either activity or, or, or take the drug and turn it off. But in the case of other drugs like morphine, when they're broken down, they're broken down into 3G and 6G. Uh, 6G is kind of analgesic. 3G is irritable. So as you keep breaking down these drugs, they have either more side effects or more benefit. And that's really important when you get to this next topic that has to do with drugs and happens to do with all of us is tolerance. Okay, That is not addiction. It just means we, we need more drug to get the same effect. People, people are familiar with that. They say, this drug just doesn't work very well anymore. That's a process of uh, technically called neuroadaptation, which means you have increased need. Let's put it all together. There isn't a lot of data on this question mark of the immediate release or the long-acting drug. There's not a lot of really good data, but it was measured. Um, the C-max and T-max of 15 days is down. In other words, the drug isn't working as well as probably finding its way. At six months, it's a little higher, and then it gets much higher. So in other words, as you go through the journey of either weight loss or post-surgical changes, it appears that absorption is higher, so you want to reduce the dose. And you don't have as much uh, volume of distribution where the drug can go uh, because you're losing weight. And so you have this interesting dilemma. Do I reduce the dose or change it to something else? You can apply this to any illness where there's weight loss. You have to monitor folks. You have to be aware that there are changes. And so this this is what has been measured with morphine. Not the oxycodones, we don't know, the hydromorphones and the other drugs. With extended release, or controlled release, however you want to call it, you don't need a dose adjustment. In other words, just because the T-max goes down and up, and it can go up quite a bit, um, you don't need to make a dose adjustment with CRs. And how they measured it is they measured the oxygen, probably by pulse oximetry, a little thing that fits on your finger, and the respiratory rate. It didn't seem to matter. To take the point home, morphine, kind of the standard, the gold standard, okay? It was measured. Um, it wasn't very inclusive. I mean, it's kind of primitive how they measured it, but it is measured. And it didn't like look like there was any change between CR, continuous release, or IR. And the IR may have had more problems 
because of the way it was absorbed. It was absorbed faster, which means it was probably metabolized faster in the liver by the CYP system, which means it lost efficacy, which puts the advantage and win to extended release. Okay, I'm going to stop there, and uh, we're just about uh, at our destination. Um, So, in conclusion... We have some changes with medications, as we always will. Potentially, their availability, but they we will have pain control available. No worries. Uh, there will always be physicians and healthcare providers that are going to be anxious to reduce pain and suffering, and there is no appetite or stomach for legislators uh, to make people suffer. It's not going to happen. Okay. And the next point being, if you have had uh, gastric surgery, um, there are things to consider, particularly weight loss. Definitely, um, you need to be monitored, and you may need your opioid dose reduced. So, talk that over to your doctor. That's kind of the reality of um, opioids these days. Uh, my patients with gastric uh, bypass, Roux and Y or whatever, I'm going to be looking to lower their dose and put them on long-acting agents. Remember, these opioids are mostly absorbed in the small intestine. That didn't have anything to do with your stomach. Maybe they'll dump into the system a little faster in those proton pumps. Uh, well, if they aren't as, as rich, although they probably will be adjusted, um, it, the proton pumps change the pH in the stomach. That changes how th- how drugs are absorbed. I'm sure that had something to do with it. But um, it won't be as acidic, so you might have more drug available. And so, you know, that question mark needs to be answered. Uh, it sure sounds like it's a possibility to me. So we got a lot more work here, but... I'm going to be looking to lower doses in those with uh, gastric bypass, okay? All right, well, I hope that helped. And um, uh, we'll be starting a YouTube channel, I hope, soon. Um, If you have other uh, desires to look for information that is free and readily available, go to ASIPP.org and go to the Pain Physician Journal. Do a search, do a search on a question mark you might have, and I bet it's—I bet it, there's an article on there that's peer-reviewed and of very high quality. So you can check that out, and um, I guess we'll talk to you soon.